For years, dads in the media have been portrayed as fools and bumbling idiots, the constant butt of jokes. But according to a mountain of statistics, dads are one of the most stabilizing factors in a home and in the futures of their children. Hi, I'm Colin Lambert, and this is the Dad Ain't No Joke podcast. Our mission's simple, change the narrative about dads. Feature dads who are doing their best to serve their families and build a community of dads committed to those they love. Each episode will seek to have quality conversations with dads who are known or unknown about their highest highs and lowest lows, and with experts in the field who can share some of the most important elements dads bring to the family. Dad, one of the most challenging and rewarding jobs in the world. Well, Todd Wilson is the founder of Family Man Ministries. He's an author, he's a speaker, he's a dad, he's a granddad and a former pastor. And I know that he is full of humor and gut honest, real conversation. And we hope to have a bit of both of those today. Todd, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it is a pleasure being with you. Let's talk first about your family, your family structure, who's in the home, how old are they, who's left the home? Tell us what you can. They're never leaving the home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, You know, we started this journey, my wife and I, about three decades ago. And we had no idea where it was going to lead us. But we now have eight children. We have six boys and two girls. Four oldest are married. My oldest lives right next door. Another son who married my daughter-in-law's sister. He lives right across the street. We have the two other children uh, live about 10 minutes away with their spouses right across the street from each other. In fact, I picked up one of my grandchildren on the this morning so my daughter could do some work for me. And I was hugging another grandchild across the way. And so we're expecting our, we have six grandchildren. We're expecting number seven, eight, nine, all at the same time. We have two coming really any, any day now. And we live up in Northern Indiana and life is good and life is hard. And, you know, they just go hand in hand. But this is a dad who feels very, very full. Well, you also have a ministry for dads, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. I want to talk a bit about your experience as a father. First, you certainly got a lot of it, eight kids and uh, six, seven, eight, nine grandkids here total. Let's go back to those early days, those very first days. Do you remember the first time your wife found out she was pregnant? What was that experience like for you as a uh, a soon-to-be new dad. Well, you know, I, I I don't know about the when she found out, but I remember vividly when it just kind of all hit me. You know, I was one of those guys. Uh, I, I I came from a family with four siblings, so I, I I was the oldest. I guess I should have been more experienced with kids. But I I I'm not a kid lover. I don't love like if if you have your little kids or you want to show. I, I'm like. Yeah, I've seen them before. You know, I just don't care about other people's kids. You know, when they pass them around, I just go, here, you can have them. You know, I'm just so that's not my thing. And so, uh, you know, I was always fearful. You know, here's my my growing up was my mother as I was around my baby brothers and sisters. She was always like, don't touch the soft spot. Like, so, so I was I was scared to death that somehow when I had a baby, I was going to touch a soft spot. And cause irreparable damage. Um, and so we had, I remember 
we had that first baby and everybody talked about how miraculous the the experience would be. It was horrific to me. You know, it was like, it was a hard, it was a hard delivery for my bride. And I can remember driving home just to go gather some stuff and head back and thinking there's no way we could ever do this again. Uh, We will all die. But I do remember I remember vividly, like when the moment that I knew that I was doing something big, I can remember I was on a boat, a family, we had a family lake cottage and we were all on this old pontoon and my son was probably about 18 months and we were sitting on this pontoon kind of on the floor because there weren't enough seats for everybody. And one of my son's cousins, who's maybe a few months older than him, I was sitting on the ground on the, the deck of the boat and the cousin jumped in my lap. And my son kind of grabbed him or maybe pushed him or I don't know what he did, but he said, my daddy. And it just, it was like right then I realized, you know, there's a connection here that's different than all the other connections and uh, the responsibility and this little child who looked up at me as though he was there for me to fill up. And it was just, a, it was a really poignant moment. So I was not one of those dads who was like, yeah, I've always wanted to be a dad, you know, and I'm going to be a great dad. And like my, a couple of my children, my sons, they're amazing. I know my, my oldest son, he was like, he would say things, you know, as a late teen, you know, like, I, you know, I like this kind of job, but I don't know if it'll give me enough time to be a dad. And so I was never that kind of dad. I just like, woo, we're on a big roller coaster. What's on for today? And so I was not an intentional guy, uh, but I I love being a dad. You alluded briefly to the word fear, and it's something I think I've heard from almost everybody I've interviewed is just the, uh, the moment of, of fear and trepidation when the child comes and you you know, you don't really have an instruction manual. And I'm assuming at that point you, you hadn't done the whole family, family man thing. Um, what was, what was, what were your thoughts related to just, I've got this responsibility now that I never had before? You know, I mean, there was a lot of fear. There was that fear that, uh, I had a great dad. Um, so I didn't, I didn't fear that. I know lots of dads who fear that they're going to repeat their dads. You know, that they're going to, you know, my dad was an alcoholic or he was struggling. My dad left my mom and I'm my dad abandoned us and I'm afraid I'm going to be the same. You know, I didn't have that fear. But what I I feared and really what was a motivator for me is I was kind of a an observer and I liked um, PBS documentaries. And I would watch these super successful because, you know, you don't do a documentary on people like me. They do them <laughs> on people who are billionaires or, you know, who's the best polka king in the, you know, the world or whoever. And they would always interview these super successful people. But at the end, I mean, almost without exception. And I could name some names that, you know, that you would all know, you know, not just success, but people in ministry. And they would always at the very end, it always happened at the end, they would say, you know, wasn't a very good dad. Or they would say, I really probably spent too much time away from family. If I had to do it over again, I would probably have been home a little more. And so, you know, that was kind of a motivator to me. I was I saw these men who were very successful and and yet they 
they kind of blew it in the dad department. They had a lot of heartache, you know, and they wanted to, they wish they could have done it over. And it was kind of like when I would watch those, I would say to myself, okay, I don't want to repeat that, you know, because we've had huge movements of dads who, and we always say the same thing. They always say, oh, you know, no one on their deathbed says I would have spent more time in the office. But yeah, we do the same thing. And I thought, I'm not going to be that dad. If I get to the end, maybe they say, oh, you know, he could have been a lot more successful. If wouldn't spend so much time with his family. And so that was kind of my motivator, my fear. I didn't want to blow it. You mentioned your father. What kind of impact did he have on you? And and are there lessons you learned from him that you've passed along to your own kids? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Lots of them. You know, and, you know, that's the thing about being a dad. Uh, I was marrying one. I married off one of my children. I kind of did the service and I said, I said, you know, son and daughter-in-law, future daughter-in-law, you're all going to have baggage. You know, it's it's our job as dads to give our kids baggage to work through later, you know. <laughs> but we kind of get, somehow we get to choose some of the baggage. So I think if I could take my my sons and daughters just maybe a little further, you know, I'm going to give them some new baggage to work through. And I'm kind of okay with that. You know, if God needed perfect dads, he wouldn't have given my children me, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so that must be the best, but I know my dad, uh, my dad had a terrible dad, the worst dad, you know, uh, he, my dad was one of five children. I've never heard any of his siblings ever m hardly mention the father's name. My dad has a, I, I went my whole life knowing my dad didn't have a middle name until I was just a few years ago. I found out he had a, a initial, an initial, my brother told me, and it was after his father. And he never, he still denies it, you know, um, but my dad made choices uh, and he didn't become a Christian until I was probably a junior in high school, uh, in junior high. And, uh, but my dad made choices so that I wouldn't have to experience what he experienced, abandonment and all that. And so I had a dad who really, he didn't hang out with the guys. You know, he wasn't a super touchy dad. You know, my dad never touched me and said, I love you. Now that he's 85 years old, he tries. I can tell he tries to put his hand on my shoulder and it's, it's, it's a big thing for him. And so I know he wants to now, but but he but he was there in all the memories. You know, he was not a playing dad. We didn't play together. We worked together and uh, we talked not in huge things, but he was always there. And man, that's 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 huge. You know, I know I'll have these moms who always come up to me and tell me, well, you can you tell our husbands that they need to have family devotions, you know, and I know they're thinking, you know, Deuteronomy chapter six. And I'm like, nah, you know, here's my thing. If you can just be there when they rise up, when they lay down, when they walk along the path, that other stuff just kind of comes along with it. But if you're not there, then you can't teach them. And so uh, so I had a good dad. I still have a great yeah, dad. That's great. Uh, talk for a moment about the different but difference you experience between boys and girls. You have six boys, two girls. I have boys and girls. Uh, find those to be very different experiences. Because <laughs> they are different. <laughs> the world might like to pretend <laughs> that they're not, but don't fall for it, dads. You know, I mean, uh, you know, they're just different. I remember one time 
And my daughter, who I'm, we're watching their, her daughter right now, my daughter, uh, she was probably like 15 years old, 16 years old. And she was working at, the, at doing something in the kitchen sink. And I was kind of like in another room, but I could see through this pass through. I could see her. And I said, hey, Catherine, can you take out the garbage there? And she looks at me. She's looking down like she's working in this thing. She looks up like a librarian, you know, like these. she didn't wear glasses, but she should have had them on. And she kind of looked at me through her, you know, like <laughs> like she's looking at you, giving you the evil eye. And she goes, that's uh, that's a that's a blue job. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? She goes, taking out the trash is a blue job. There are pink jobs and there are blue jobs. <laughs> that's a blue job now she didn't define what pink jobs were or but she was pretty clear that that wasn't that wasn't for her and i think that's true i think there are pink jobs and blue jobs i don't know what the distinction are should girls only do dishes of course not boys my boys do dishes i do dishes you know but there are things you know that we want our boys to do differently i i expect my boys to be defenders and that you know there will be times i'll tell them you know, hey, you know, if something happens, <laughs> if something happens where they're giving your sister you know, not being nice to her, I'll say, take them out. <laughs> and and my, my wife will go, Todd, you can't tell him your son. He's only seven to take him out. I'm like, Sam, take him out, you know. Um, but, you know, they are different. My, you know, there's a lot of emotion with girls. There's a lot of emotion with boys, too, really. I mean, when you hear a certain age. Boys are rambunctious. They wrestle and they fight, and they're they're like young bucks. They're always putting their whole antlers together. And I mean, my adult kids, boys, they still, you know, thirty and twenty seven, twenty eight, they still will challenge each other, and they're like wrestling on the floor, laughing, trying for dominance. And my girls are just like, no. And and I don't know. It, it, I I think it's awesome. I love having girls. I love having boys. But like you said, uh, they are different. But they bring so much to the mix. Having eight kids, I'm assuming at some point along the way, middle school, high school, you had a few challenges. Uh, you don't need to go into anything you don't want to reveal. But uh, talk about maybe dealing with a challenge or two that you maybe weren't expecting or that just. Uh, uh, was it was a challenge to you? It, it's 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 all a challenge, you know, it's, <laughs> and I would like to say I handled them all really well. But it's, most of the time I feel like a loser, dad. You know, I mean, there will be times I'm talking about right now. We're having this podcast, you know, and I'll, we're talking about dad things and how good it is. And then a few minutes later, I'll be upstairs. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'll be upstairs and I'll have. You know, my 15 year old son in tears just because I'm mean. You know, because we are mean. Dads say mean things. I don't like it yeah. because it is hard. You know, it's a, uh, and, and really, it's because it's so close. It's just an engaged, if you're not, if your kids, and my dad used to say, if your kids don't tell you they hate you, means they're not talking to you. <laughs> and what he meant was, that's just what people do who love each other. They say mean things. And, and, and really, again, going through hard times, yes. We've gone through hard times. You know, I hate those looks when your kids are, you know, that early teen and they look at you and they're like, uh, you've seen stuff you shouldn't have seen, right? Yeah. Or you've done stuff you shouldn't have done. Yeah. You know, and it would be easy. My personality is like, I'd like to pretend everything's happy. 
everything's good, you know, but there are things you have to deal with. And I think the important thing for dads is to not give up. I had a dad one time say, you know, what makes a good dad? And, uh, you know, I, I wrestled with it, like, cause I don't like pat answers. I don't like, oh, you do these four things. If you're consistent and I don't like that. And I couldn't come up with an answer, but I chewed on it for a couple months. And really what I came up with is a good dad is one who just doesn't quit. You know, he just keeps trying. He fails. He asks forgiveness. He restores. Because that's a lot of the dadding, you know, where you're just apologizing and you're saying, I mean, I can remember being so mad at one of my kids. And I mean, I had him in tears and going into his room about 10, 15 minutes later and saying, you know, you don't deserve to have a dad like me. I said, I love you so much. And I said, do you, I said, will you forgive me? And he goes, yeah, I'll forgive you, dad. I said, do you know how much I love you? And he says, I do. And I'm thinking in my head, well, how could you? I'm so mean to you. <laughs> but I think God gave us a great gift when he gave us the gift of forgiveness, because it's kind of like the yeah. equalizer. And dad, I, you know, you may have blown it hugely, um, but there, I don't think there's a kid out there who doesn't want to be right with his dad. Yeah. You know, even old, old dads, uh, whose dads are dead. They still want to be right with their dads. And, you know, so yeah, it is hard. I don't pretend that it isn't anybody who says it's easy is lying, you know, or they're not engaged. Yeah. Uh, and, or, or their kids are little. Sometimes, I mean, I used to think, ah, this is so self-righteous of me, terrible. I used to think, you know, when someone would have problems in their marriage or problems with their uh, with their kids, I'd, I'd think in my head, I didn't say this out loud, <laughs> thankfully, you know, but I'd think, well, you know, if they would just do it God's way, they wouldn't have these problems. Right. That's not true. In fact, I think, you know, good things are hard and hard things are good. And when people say to me, I must be doing something wrong. I often say, you know, I don't know if you're doing something wrong, but you are doing something good and good things are just hard. And so, you know, being a dad's a good thing. So it's hard. Having kids is a good thing. So it's hard. And it just keeps getting, and, and the stakes get bigger. You, you, you know, this, you know, when they get married, I mean, I know parents whose children have been divorced and they've been divorced and their hearts are broken every single time. You know, so it doesn't get any easier. No. You worry about them just as much. I mean, my kids, I worry about all their cars now, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you know, one of my sons, oh, look at this bald tire. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to worry about their car right now. So it's it's all it's all hard. It is. It is. Hey, tell me about uh, what led you to start Family Man. You know, I didn't have a it wasn't like I had this strong desire to start a ministry or I was a pastor for about 10 years. And uh, we just saw maybe not, not just a need. It wasn't like I saw something and I thought, oh, I need to address it. It was just something that I, I would see as I was interacting with lots of dads. I saw lots of dads exchanging good stuff for stuff that didn't matter. Again, like I was talking about the PBS documentaries, I'd see these guys who were like, you know, they, they just were, they're working so much and they were, and I could see where it could lead, you know, because if you don't invest in your family, the payoff is hurt, you know, and, you know, the Proverbs just talks over and over and over again about the relationships are what crushes your bones. It's relationships with your children, relationships with your wife. Those are the hard things. It's a lot easier to be a business guy. It's a lot easier to be a ministry guy. 
family man ministries, it's a lot easier than being a dad, you know? And so uh, I just wanted to encourage dads. I knew there were other ministries out there, but honestly, sometimes when I would interact with those ministries, it did not feel real. But, you know, I can just show up. And so basically, that's what we do. Uh, Family Man Ministries, our little slogan is reminding dads of what's most important. That's all we do. Uh, It's nothing earth shattering. I just keep saying, hey, don't this is the good stuff. This is the good stuff. Don't miss it. I don't always even tell them what to do. I just kind of nudge them in. And so that's what we've been doing. This is our 20th year. And uh, I don't know if I'm any better at it or but I love doing it. I feel like I'm part of a big team. And I get emails every day from dads who are a part of this. They share their successes, their struggles. I mean, I had a couple just today that said, I'm taking my kids to college, you know, and it's really hard. Could you pray for me, Todd? And, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, if I need to pray for them or I need to pray for me that I can just let them live their life and not have to micromanage their lives. But um, it's, it's been a good it's been a good thing. It's what I was made for. Talk a bit about the kinds of things that folks can find at, at your website and the kinds of resources you make available. I think it'd be helpful for them to understand uh, what types of things are available for them. You, you can find all about me at familymanweb.com. Um, we speak all over the country. Uh, so if you're needing a guy to come to speak to your men's group or your church or your camp or Um, We homeschool our kids, so homeschool groups, uh, you can contact us. We do it all the time. Um, We used to, when my my kids were young, all 10 of us would travel around in an RV for up to 100 days in a row, um, just crisscrossing the country. It was an amazing time. But we have lots of books and resources for dads. We have, you know, uh, I'm right now, as this second, uh, working on, just finishing, our You to Dad daily calendar. And it's a page a day calendar that we've done for 20 years, our 20th edition, that we bring out every 1st of November. It is one of the greatest tools I've ever made because, you know, dads, I'll tell you what, if you're going to be a, 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 an author, you don't want to write for guys, uh, you know, just because <laughs> they don't read. Uh, so on a calendar, they only have to read about 20 words a day. And it's it's fun. And so we offer those. We have some uh, Christmas board game. We have some other Christmas products. And uh, we have a podcast that we do every week. And we send out a weekly newsletter to tens of thousands of guys. Uh, and so we're just, you know, we're one-stop shop for all things dad. So lots of stuff at familymanweb.com. What's been one of the most rewarding things uh, of running a ministry like this? You know, again, it is not in when I speak to a big group, I, you know, and I've spoken to huge groups. I, I, that's not my, I love doing it, but that's not what pumps me up. What pumps me up is when a dad will write me and say, you know, we did something, Todd, uh, like they, in my calendar, you know, they, they said, uh, you said we should go lightning bug hunting. So I took my kids out. We put it off for all these years and we did it. Or we heard the ice cream bell on the ice cream truck ring and we stopped the ice cream truck, you know, or those little things that feel so big. And really, they feel big because they are big. Those are the things that your kids talk about when you are gone. 
for 30 or 40 years. They'll talk about, yeah, my dad, you know, he stopped the ice cream truck that one time. And uh, they are so, so big. And those little things lead to big things. You know, again, I think that, you know, Deuteronomy chapter six, where these things are God's word is supposed to be in a heart and we share with our kids. You know, where it happens is not just at family devotions. I know lots of dads who've done the family devotions. They hit every single day until they're dead. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's not me, by the way. And their kids still walk away. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I don't know the reason, but I know there's a, a kind of love that, you know, when you, when you smile at your children, when you touch them, you know, lovingly, when you listen to them, when you love them unconditionally, when they make mistakes, when you like them unconditionally, that's irresistible. They cannot walk away from you or God. I mean, I'm, t I'm telling you, that is the truth. And so I, I love it when dads interact with me and they share their joys. And I love it when they share their struggles. I had one where a guy was like, you know, Todd, he goes, I was such a mean dad the other day. He goes, we were having a special occasion. And he goes, and I had my 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 young teen son in tears. He goes, and I picked that special day to ruin it. <laughs> and somehow maybe it's morbid, but I just get such great joy in those kind of things uh -huh. because it's not that misery loves company, but it's just like it's just nice to know that we're all facing the same things. So that's that's what I love being a part of. Todd, in the moment we have left, I know there's uh, dads that will listen to this podcast who uh, are just new to the journey. They've got those uh, babies or toddlers, and they haven't quite hit some of the bumps in the road yet. Uh, most dads with kids that age, uh, just maybe a word of encouragement, a word of uh, of uh, of direction, a word of guidance for those dads as they're beginning, really beginning this journey. You know, and that's. I, I mean, if not, if I could do it over again, but this is where the important things happen at the very beginning. Dads, set your course for for daddom, you know, eliminate obstacles that might get in the way of that, because later on, when your kids are older, it's hard to undo some of those things. You know, I have I've had so many dads in tears, you know, who say, you know, my my sons and daughters don't want anything to do with me, mm. you know, and it's not because they failed. It's usually because they spent their whole life in an office and now they don't need them anymore. So if you're working too much and I will, I'm going to ask you dad to be brave, ask your wife or ask your children. Don't ask another dad because other dads were nicer. <laughs> we're nice to each other. <laughs> ask another, ask your wife, say, do you think I'm working too much? I have moms who contact me and say, my husband does, but I don't know what to say to him, you know, and say, do you think I'm working too much? And if you don't think she's going to be honest, ask your kids. Do you think, do you think I'm away too much? Uh, it was a motivator to me because I was speaking a lot. And I can remember one of my children who's now 22 said, I said, I had to go somewhere. And I heard him say to his mom, is dad going away again? And I decided then that I was done with that. You know, I we would all go together or I wouldn't go at all. And, uh, you know, that's how we did it for those 20 years. And so, you know, set your course now. If you have a job that's uh, taking you away from home too much, find a different job or tell them, you know, I, I just can't do it. And I, I've had lots of dads who've said, 
you know, they went and they made those ultimatums and the, their boss said, well, we want you. Okay, you can work less, but we want you. So, you know, maybe that, maybe you'll have that, that good fortune. But even if you don't, choose now because it's harder later. That's good. Todd Wilson, founder of Family Man Ministries, author, speaker, dad, granddad, former pastor, all of that and more and still helping dads today. Todd, thanks for spending time with us and sharing a little bit of your life. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Keep doing it because it's needed. My thanks to Todd for joining me today. And I pray that something that's been shared today will be helpful for you in the days ahead. If you want to learn more about Todd or this podcast or the Family Man website, please stop by our website, dadaintnojoke.com. That's dadaintnojoke.com. I'd also appreciate your feedback. Subscribe to the podcast, like it, share it, leave your comments. It really does make a difference. You know, while it may not be the toughest job on the planet, being dad is an important and impactful assignment. I pray that God gives us the strength and wisdom to do it well. And remember, dad ain't no joke. We'll see you next time.